0: Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. Let's dive in. We've been in the book of Luke uh, all of 2018. Uh, Here's the deal. We will be in Luke all of 2019. And here's, here's the rest of the deal. I don't know when we're not going to be in Luke anymore, <laughs> right? This guy just could not put his pen down, okay? And I'm thankful for Luke, uh, but, 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 but we're going to be here a while. Today, we are in Luke chapter 12 again. We stay in Luke chapter 12. I'm going to read. This is going to be a lot of reading. Somebody wordy, stay with me. Just follow with me. We'll dive in. We'll start in verse 13 and go through verse 34. Someone in the crowd said to him, that's Jesus, "'Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me.' But he said to him, "'Man, who who made me a judge or arbitrator over you?' And he said to them, "'Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, "'for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions.'" But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, Don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, nor about your body, what you'll put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you're not able to do As small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. But instead, seek his kingdom, and then these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys verse 34 for where your treasure is there your heart will also be so let's pray and let's go home I wish Uh, it's not going to happen this is where we are in the book of Luke, we have no hidden agenda here. We're just going to faithfully and fully teach God's word. And here's what likely just happened. Just upon the reading of that scripture, there's probably people in the room that just shut it down. Oh, Lord, here we go again. At church, are talking about money. Here's a reality at Hill City Church each Sunday. We have people in this place. Right now we have people in this place who are in different places when it comes to their journey with Jesus. We have seasoned followers of Jesus in this room. They've been following him for years. They've been faithful for years. They love him. And we have people in this room who have literally been following Jesus for days. And make no mistake about it, we have people in this room who are not following Jesus. Like I'm aware of that. And I was aware of it every second that I studied this passage to teach it. I will talk about money today. And I'm going to ask you if you've already just been like, golly. Okay, I'm going to ask you to open it up. Let's let's just, just go there with me. Give me some, some grace today and hear what the Lord might have you hear. Now listen, I know the guy is here. Listen, because it's always a guy. I've never really heard girls do this. I know it's overgeneralization and whatever. But usually it's a guy that's like, all the church wants is my money. Okay? So if that's you, um, I love you. And we're going to teach this, and I love you. I I love you. That's really all I've got to tell you in this moment. Um, I pray that that's not what you walk out of here believing today, okay? And actually, my prayer for everyone in the room today, okay, is this. that I, I pray that nothing that I say today will cause you to conclude or cause you to believe that Jesus is after your money. I pray today that nothing I say, nothing I teach today will cause you to conclude that Hill City Church or I am after your money. that will be an improper conclusion, but you do need to hear this. You will be asked for something today and it won't be your money. Now here's a reality, church, for, for, for the church to understand her king Like for us to get Jesus and what he wants for us, we have to see and learn what it was that he taught about money. So we're going to dive into this. Now before we start in verse 13, I want to paint a picture so we know some context here. And we'll do that in chapter 12, verse 1. Because this is pretty important, okay? I want to read this to you. Check this out. In the meantime... Luke chapter 12, verse 1, in the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to teach his disciples. Now, I want to bring that to your attention because there were times where Jesus escaped and kind of went to a place where it was just him and his boys, and he needed to teach them something. It was a very intimate setting. And then there were times where he was going to teach his disciples But he was going to make darn sure that the people around overheard that. That's where we are today. He's going to teach his disciples, but knowing, hey, there are going to be thousands of people that overhear what I'm getting ready to teach today, and I want them to overhear it. Royce taught last week. If you remember, he taught verse 1 through 12, and he really honed in on this fear and how it's not that the Father doesn't want us to be fearful Right? The Father wants so much more for us. And listen, he when Jesus was teaching this, he wanted the thousands of people to hear. And it's likely most of them had some anxiety and fear about something. And Jesus was teaching his disciples, wanting the masses to overhear. And then we jump into verse 13. And I tell, sorry, verse 13 someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Okay, so, um, so I watch sports, I watch a lot of sports. It, basically any sports that are on TV, I, I watch them, I just enjoy them. That's, that's like the real reality TV before the stupidity of reality TV is what it is today. So, so, so I watch it. One of the things that I watch and enjoy watching, it's gonna sound super lame, is, is I like to watch golf on television, okay? I thoroughly enjoy it. But every time I watch golf, there's this guy, right? And he's the get in the hole guy. Anybody watch golf, right? Like the minute the ball is hit by the club, it's like this maniac is like, get in the hole, right? And the guy's like 700 yards from the hole, and he still yells it. It makes no sense. And and as I was reading this, I'm like, this is weird. This guy comes out of nowhere. He's like, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance. And it seems like he reminded me of the get in the hole guy. I'm sure that's a wrong imagination. I'm just telling you where my mind went, okay? Okay. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance. Why would this dude come to Jesus with such a question? Or it wasn't a question, with such a demand. And it's important for us to know in this culture there were, there were rabbis who were designed to handle civil uh, suits. It wasn't uncommon for rabbis to deal with things like this. And there was actually a certain sect of rabbis that were specifically handled things like this. Jesus, though, he was not one of these rabbis. So then why would this guy shout it out? Maybe he thought Jesus was one of those guys. I don't think that's why. Here's why I think this guy yelled this out to Jesus. It's because Jesus talked about money as much or more than any other topic that he talked about. Just in Luke, you guys can read this for yourself, you can go to chapter 3, you can go to chapter 11, we're in chapter 12, it's going to be talked about again in chapter 16. Jesus talked about money, he spoke about the proper use of wealth, and this man likely knew that. There were thousands of people that were following Jesus, why? Because he was talking about things very differently than any other rabbi was talking about things, including money. So he just shouts this out to Jesus, and Jesus has a response. Now, before we get into Jesus' response here, I want us to talk. I want to do a little more groundwork when it comes to money. Okay? So, so, so hear me here. Money and the giving of money, I believe, is at the heart of everything that we do as Christians. Here's what I mean by that. The direction and placement of my money reveals the direction and the placement of my heart. Proverbs 4.23, Solomon, the wisest man ever walked the planet, he he told us this. He said, hey, keep your heart with all vigilance. That's Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance because from it will flow the springs of life. All right, that's what Solomon told us. And then Jesus, the, the, I think I just said Solomon was the wisest man to ever walk the planet, not counting Jesus. Jesus then comes at the end of this passage. Right, Solomon, guard your heart. Keep with all vigilance. Out of it is everything, is the wellsprings of life. Listen, And Jesus says, hey, and where your treasure is, oh, yeah, that's where you're going to find your heart. That's where your heart will be. Our hearts and our money are so closely aligned. We as Christians must continually, continually evaluate them and not separately, not compartmentalize, but continually evaluate them together because they tell things about the other. So let me unpack this a little bit more. Let's look, just, just looking at Christianity, right? If we just take, let's take three, what some writers call the virtues or theological virtues of the Christian faith. Are you ready? Faith, hope, and love. Right? If any of you listen to country music about 20 years ago, whatever, Alan Jackson, like, sang about these. Like, we hear, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. We hear about these things. Theological virtues. And one writer said, now, the Christian life, so I'm talking to believers, Whether it's been days or whether it's been years, I'm talking to believers, the Christian life in terms of our living in response to God and his new work in us springs from faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. Now listen, most scenarios that I'm familiar with, okay, I'm not familiar with every scenario, but most scenarios that I'm familiar with when it comes to money And the giving of money by individual Christians or even by churches, organizations, most scenarios as it relates to lack of giving is not rooted in a lack of generosity. But rooted in a lack of faith or a lack of hope or a lack of love. What do I mean by that? Why don't, I, why don't I give more? Could it be that I don't have enough faith to do that? Could it be that I believe or that I'm scared that God will not provide for me if I give? It's a lack of faith. Let's take a look at hope. Why don't, why don't I give more? Well, what is it that I put my hope into? In other words, where do I get my worth? Where do I get my value? Because that, that tells me what I'm hoping in. Like, do I get my value from Jesus and what He did, or do I get my value from uh, the vehicle I drive? Do I get my value from Jesus? Do I get my value from the house I live in? Do I get my value from Jesus? Do I get my value from how incredible I dress? What do you hope in? And why don't I give more? Could it be that I don't love Meaning I lack empathy, I lack sympathy, or I lack sensitivity to the needs that are around me. I lack love. And the flip side of that, listen, one of the big ways, I'm not saying it's the only way, but one of the big ways that I know if I have faith is do I give my money? And meaning like enough money that requires me to have some faith once I give it. One big way that I know what I'm hoping in is just look at the last six months of my life. Where have I spent my money? Where have I spent my money? Who have I given my money to? That will reveal what I hope in. One big way to build love, spend money on something. You'll love it. Because that's what the Bible says. It's kind of like investing, right? If you invest in something, you don't just thumb through and be like, you know what, I really love this, so I think I'll invest in that. No? You think, okay, I'm going to invest in that. Oh, you know what, this seems like a good investment. Oh, and then every week after that, I'm going to go back and check, has this grown? Has it, has it shrunk? What happened? And you grow to love what you invest in. Let's look at this one other way. Before we look at Jesus' response, let's look at this one other way, right? Let's just boil Christianity down. right, simplest form. You ready? Christianity, serve God, serve others. Fair enough? Just head nods, I'll take that. I know it's been cold, your probably lips are still... Fair enough? Okay. I cannot serve God. Hear me, I cannot serve God without saying... Everything I have is His. Which, listen, let's be very clear. Whether you're serving God, whether you're not serving God, whether you're faithfully giving your money, whether you're being faithful with your money or not, here is a truth. All of it is God's anyway. Do you get that? Listen, all money is God's money anyway. But you cannot serve God and not say, everything you have is his. And you really can't serve other people without eventually having to give materially. All right, you can't say, listen, believers in the room, you cannot say, yeah, Jesus is my king. We're singing songs about it. Jesus is my king. He, he's changed me. I love him. He's, he's my savior. He, he is my Lord. You can't say that. And then not be generous with your money. Why? Here's why. Because the world will not believe you when you say he's your king. Hill City. let just talk to Hill City Church. See, we can talk all we want. We can talk about what we want to be about, who we are, what we want to do for this city, all that. Right? But listen, what we do with our money proves who we are and what we are about. Not what we say from the stage. Now, if you're, if you're here and you're unfamiliar with what's going on with our finances at this church, let me fill you in. This church takes 15% of its budget, gives it away. Okay, now, just, now if you're unfamiliar with church world, that's unheard of by most churches. Every church we talk to upon planting, by the way, we're not even three years old yet and we're giving away 15% of our budget. Because we believe this. Most churches right around that 10%, 11%. We started at 11, a little bit over 11% in our first year. We continue to up it. And then this year we're gonna be at 15%. And listen, I'm just gonna tell you, if Hill City is your church and you plan to be here for the long haul, that 15% is, is, is only gonna go in one direction. Because we believe Jesus. Let's look at Jesus' response. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. I think I would have been like, I would have looked at the, one of the disciples, i be like, hey, what did he just say? It's just out of nowhere, but not Jesus, he knew, anyway, that's me, I'm sorry. Jesus says, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Like when you read that or when you hear that that, that seems kind of harsh. Like that seems like un-Jesus-ish, right? <laughs> like Jesus, you are the Jesus, you're the ultimate judge. I'm not sure what you're saying here. And Jesus says, Man, who made me the judge? Now that word, we gotta know here, that word for judge actually literally means divider. And Jesus is saying, Man, who made me divider? over you. Now just if you've read on in Luke chapter 12 you know what's coming so let me talk to you if you've read ahead and and we'll talk about it next week. Like Jesus just comes and says some crazy stuff next week like this, oh I did come to divide. I came to divide your house. From now on, when there are five people in your house, there will be three against two and two against three. And I did come to divide. I come to make dad be divided from his son and mama be divided from her daughter. So Jesus later on tells us he did come for division. But here he is saying, man, I didn't come for this kind of division. What do you mean by that? See, Jesus knew this guy's heart. He says, man, I'm not that kind of divider. Here's here's what he's saying. Listen, dude, you don't get to come to Jesus. You don't get to come to me for something without giving me everything. Listen, if you're here this morning, that's you. You're coming to Jesus and you want something from him, but you haven't given him everything. You do not fully understand Jesus and what it is that he came to earth to do. I didn't come for that kind of division. And he said to them, Take care, in verse 15, be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. She's like, Come on, man. You don't, you don't exist in the abundance of what you would get out of this inheritance. See, this man came to Jesus. Jesus knew his heart. He came to Jesus and you got to know this he came to jesus believing a lie see this inheritance had lied to this man and jesus is saying you think your life consists in that inheritance he's saying no way and jesus knew like man he knew that this issue wasn't about fairness that's what, like man I'm not the judge over this this isn't about fairness and you think you need to be rightly dividing this between you and your brother this is about you and you have believed a lie and I'm telling you, no. That that lie that you're believing, it will destroy you. See, there are some of you here today, and here's the reality. Like, you're on the brink, man. You, you've been coming to Hill City for a while. Maybe, I don't know, maybe this is your first week. Um, it's probably a lot of y'all's first week because we're talking about money. <laughs> by the way, or second week, and it's like, this is how it works. But, but, but a lot of you are on the brink. you like, man, I want to follow Jesus. I want to I follow him with everything I have. And I want to. But first, you've you, you got to ask him for something. So you're, First, got to ask him for something that you actually believe is your life. And you're coming to Him, but you're holding on to something that's lying to you. God, I want to follow you. I, I want to give my life to you. And listen, I, I, I just believe I could do this better if you just give me, give me a phenomenal sports season this year. God, I want to follow you. I want to give my all to you. But please, first, Lord, Lord make my new business grow. Help my new business start up, make some money and succeed. Lord, I want to follow you, but, but, but help my investments thrive. Show me that you're real and I'll follow you. Lord, I want to follow you, but please give me this promotion at my work, Lord, Lord. Right, and none of those things that you might be praying for, none of them are bad things. I want you to have great sports seasons. I want your businesses to, to succeed. I want your investments to go through. I want all that. But listen, if you, if you really boil it down, and it is that your heart's prayer is this, Lord, Give me this thing that I know has told me that it, it is my life and I believe it, God. Give it to me. And it, Jesus is saying to you this morning, I love you, and because I love you, I didn't come for that kind of division. See, you're coming to me for something without giving me your everything. See, you're coming at me with your agenda. And hear me, Jesus is saying, I want to give you a whole new agenda. Jesus is saying, listen, it's best if you will believe me here. Don't believe the lie. Whatever is lying to you, quit believing it this morning. I have so much better for you. So I want to say this again, Jesus is after something today, Jesus is pursuing something from you today and it is not your money, but unapologetically it's your life. I cannot find it in Scripture where Jesus says, Give me your money first, and then your life next. And listen, I want to talk to you this morning. If that's you, and I'm giving my money, to, I'm not sure I'm going to give my life, I'll throw some money his way, or I'll, th- I'll throw some money your way, whatever. If that, listen, if that's you, I love you. I love you. You are using God. Now flip side of that, if you say, no, 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 listen, I've given him my life. Man, he's mine, I am his, he's my king, I love him, he's the Lord of my life, Jesus. But if you say that and then don't give your money, I can only think of two scenarios and why you would conclude that. If that is your response this morning, it is very possible that maybe you came in here this morning and it's just that you are truly unlearned. Right? You didn't know it until in this moment. You didn't realize, oh, I I can't say, I can't give my life to Jesus and not give my money. And if that's you this morning, in this moment, you've learned that. The Holy Spirit's revealed that to you. Praise God. Now you can move forward and change that way of thinking. But some of you... Maybe have come in here and, you're like, no, I've given him my life. He is my king. But you know, listen, th- this money thing, like that, they don't relate. Like, I'm still going to keep my money. But no, no, no. I'm, man, my faith is in Jesus. Listen, if that's you this morning, I'd love you. But your faith is fraudulent. Jesus tells this guy, man, your, your inheritance, it's lied to you, man. Like, your life should be so much more than this. And then he tells a parable. Verse 16, and he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And then here's what God said to him, fool. It's this night that your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Did you catch, how much of this did this guy store up for himself? Did you catch that? Verse 18. I will tear down my barns, I will build large ones in there, I will store all my grain and my goods see this man's here's what this man did he stored up what was given to him by god but he stored it up in a way that showed that he believed that this world is all there is did you catch that it's important This world isn't all that there is. Now, let me step out and say this, okay? Because if you're hearing, man, I shouldn't save, I shouldn't store up. Listen, that's not what I'm saying. Saving nothing is stupid and foolish. Proverbs tells us as much. And as believers, we have to take the whole counsel of God, all of his word. We just can't take two verses. So there is wisdom in saving. There is a material world. We live in a material world. There is a reality of a material world. We need clothes. We need cars to get places. We need houses. That is a reality. But that being said, with the material world being a very real thing that we live in, as real and even more important is the spiritual and the fool lived as if there was no spiritual. Don't be a fool. Hear me, Hill City Church. If you are not careful, if you are not careful, money will blind you to the reality of the spiritual. Money will blind you to the reality of your spiritual existence and your spiritual purpose. Be very careful because if you're blind to that, then you, know, then you will neglect God's reality and he says to you, you fool. You will take your last breath tonight is what he tells this guy. So what's he saying? He's saying, listen, put your money into things that last forever. Now, by my estimation, two things last forever. The word of God lasts forever and the souls of men and women last forever. In other words, word of God, the souls of men and women... The kingdom lasts forever. He's saying, listen, if you're not putting any of your money into something that lasts forever, you're living as if this material world is all there is. Listen, don't be a fool. Because the reality is this. The world, this physical material world, here's what it says. It says Jesus is a fool. It says his ways are foolish. What he tells his insane followers to do with their money is foolish. That's what the world says. But Jesus says, no, a fool is one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Listen to me. I'm not, pre- I'm not preaching against treasure today. Many of you, the Lord is blessed beyond measure. I'm not preaching against that. God did it. But if you're living like that's all there is... And you're not living rich toward God, you're living like a fool. Like, man, rich toward God, what what is rich? What? Rich toward God. I think we can look at two verses in 2 Corinthians that may help us understand rich toward God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. See, even when you talk about money, the gospel permeates every single inch of what we do at this church, what you do with your life. The gospel, the gospel is never irrelevant. Look at this, Second Corinthians 8 9, it's the gospel. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now before I read the rest of this, I just want to pose a question. Do you? Like, Do you know the grace of Jesus? Because if, if not, then that's my prayer for you this morning. Christians, you do, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich." Rich toward God. Look at, look back in chapter five, verse twenty-one. Here's no, here's another way we we get to become rich, and He made us rich by becoming poor. For our sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Like. We get to become the righteousness of God. We get to be rich toward God. So you got to know this morning, listen, God gave us everything. If you're not following him today, which you drove here, you woke up this morning, you saw the sun, you felt the cold on your face. You drank a cup of coffee, all that, everything you experienced today, God gave you. But he gave us so much more. He gave us everything and he proved it in Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we we can see differently than the fool saw. The fool looked at everything he had, stepped back, built himself some barns, and he started talking. Who did he start talking to? Himself. I will say to my soul, soul. But see, through Jesus, we can step back, and we can look at what God has given us. And let me be very clear here this morning. I don't have a bunch of college students, okay? But, but listen, I don't care if you're a college student who ate, uh, whatever the, the the ramen noodles last night okay I don't, I don't care if that's you maybe you're an adult that's like man I'm not sure exactly how electric bill's going to get paid I don't know where you are financially okay uh, but 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 period if you're in this room you are in like the top two percent on the planet of the most rich people on the planet And if your situation is like, man, I got a great job, but I don't. Have, I have a job, maybe, not, maybe you don't think it's great, I have a job, but I'm not sure exactly how electric's going to get paid, all that. If that's you, listen, it could be maybe you struggle in maybe management of money and finances and things like that. We have resources, we can help you with that. We, ha- we have a, a class that's coming next week. If that's you, reach out, we want to get you there. But listen, no one walks out of your day concluding, I am not blessed by God in abundance. Like, I, like, like, okay, college, I'm not picking on you, but like I see what you're wearing. You look nice. Okay? You look nice. You got that somewhere. So we can step back. And instead of talking to a soul, here's what, here's what you will do, soul. No, no, no. We're going to step back, and we're going to see where the Lord has blessed us, and we're going to say, Lord, God, thank you. Like this is all yours. How about that stance? Lord, everything I have is yours. Everything I have has been given to me. Lord, what is it that you want me to do with this? to display to anyone around me that I will value you above anything and everything. Lord, I have everything I need. And I have a bunch of stuff that I want. Like I got stuff I, I everything I have, everything I need, I have it. And then I got so much stuff that I don't even need but I want it, and I have that too. That's most of our situations. Lord, where is it that you want me to be generous with what you have given me? Lord, who is it that you might have me bless? Lord, continue to teach me that it is more blessed to give than to receive. You see the difference? You see what we should be praying, what we should be saying in, our, in the middle of our blessing compared to what the fool says in the middle of his blessing? You see the difference? Jesus enables that. Listen, this church, 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 listen, this passage is so good for us. We, we need this God is so faithful to put this passage in his word for uh, we need this and, and listen Jesus is not after your money today he's after so much more And here's the reality. Eventually, there will be a night. And that night will be the night that our souls are required of us. Meaning, listen, all of us have a last breath. Are you rich toward God?